Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. We're going to have a good time. Today is Father's Day, and um, uh, it's one of my favorite days to actually uh, preach. Uh, this is my 31st straight Father's Day. No, I missed one. That's right. I did miss one. When my son Nathan graduated from college, I had to miss a Father's Day. But that was about, I don't know, 15 years ago, 13 years I, I don't even remember. Do you, how many as you get old, you, the years go by, you don't even know what year it is anymore? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Uh, so, but I, I changed uh, my whole um, approach to Father's Day about mm, probably 15 years ago. Uh, back then, I used to share, and I used to kind of, just a little bit, really kind of slam the fathers hard to get them to live up to their potential. Any amens on that? Amen. Very afraid to say amen, okay. Then I shifted everything. I thought, that's, that's dumb. That's stupid. Why am I doing this? And then I shifted to um, just honoring dads and celebrating dads, just a little bit of challenge in there. And uh, that just felt so much better when I shifted that, and I've, and I've stayed true to that all, uh, all these years. So here was my problem uh, this, this, this year. And uh, anybody like my shirt, by the way? Yeah, so, yeah. There, there's a story. My son Nathan bought me this shirt for Christmas. And I thought, I'm going to wait till Father's Day to preach in it. I've waited six months. It finally came out of the closet, okay? And here it is today. So, so I'm struggling with the Father's Day message because we're in this series on Acts, right? And how do I extract that from, from Acts 26? Paul's still on trial, and he's been there for two years, and I'm looking at this thing, and I'm reading the... And if, if you know anything about putting messages together, you read the text over and over and over and over and over, and you just read it and read it and read it, and you write down notes and write down notes, and then you get all your commentaries out, and you read them and read them and read them, and you're writing down notes, and still I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to relate this to Father's Day? What am I going to do? And then you keep doing this and keep doing this, and then it just pops at a certain moment someone just pops and you know this is exactly what you're supposed to speak on and so that happened for me and when God finally revealed to me what what it was going to be about it was the word goat that I'm going to speak that fathers are goat okay now before you get into that and some of you might know what that means don't give it away but uh, I'll give you in a second since you're from Norco, many of you, some of you probably thought, well, goat, sheep, cows, makes perfect sense, okay? Okay, you'd be completely wrong on that one right there, all right? And then, you know, some of you might look at the, the, the G and the O and the A and the T, and you might think it means like guys only awesome team or something like that. Then it doesn't mean girls of all time either. You had Mother's Day, it was your, you had your chance, that day's over, it's last month, you're old news, God bless you, okay? Amen. Oh man, you gutsy right there, aren't you? She's not in here. Oh, that. He just had a baby a year ago, so she's not in here. So he's real gutsy right now. You're his mother? Are you, are you guys hijacking my service, or what, what, do you, what are we doing here? We have a mother here hijacking a Father's Day service. I, I'm, I'm joking, okay? You, you have a good son. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. He is. Kyle's a good guy. I really like Kyle a lot. But, um, 
Every, I got to put him in his place periodically, but he's a good guy. But amen to that one. Amen right there. No, but G-O-A-T. It stands for? Grace of all time. That's right. And there's a lot of G-O-A-T going on right now. I don't know if you follow any. You know, I read headlines of stuff just because either I want to laugh at how ridiculous it is or get mad at the crazy society. Any amens with me right there? It's either going to get me laughing at how ridiculous our society is or just going to get me mad. And I, and I don't want to get mad again. But, um, but it means greatest of all time. And typically it centers around, a lot of it centers around uh, the NBA sports, but the NBA like greatest of all time. And right now the big dialogue for the last two months, and I just got tired of looking at these article titles, I, I just say, you know, block, whatever, I don't want anymore because it's like it's enough now. And, um, but it was always between Michael Jordan or LeBron James, right? And I thought, well, okay, but what about people like Kareem and Kobe and Bird? And then how many of us go further back? Chamberlain and Russell, right? I mean, we go back to way back in our era of time, and I'm thinking, what about all these people? Now, my personal opinion, I'm going to start a fight right now, is that I think Michael Jordan is the greatest player that ever played in the NBA. I, I just think he is. Now, I, I don't know. That guy could just do stuff on the court. I never saw anybody else do. So I still think he is the, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. And then, of course, he's won like six titles, right? I mean, that should go a lot right there. But you could argue this to the end of time. Now, today, I'm going to take this G-O-A-T, greatest of all time, to talk about dads. Sound good, dads? Yeah, I bet you like that, huh? Now, I have been instructed today that I have to keep my message short. What does no mean? Like, I can't do it? How many think I can't do that? Notice I didn't say Ken. I'm going to say I can't. Thanks, David. Uh, God bless you out there. Um, but no, I have to. So I only have two points today. I'm going to do real quick intro commentary. You notice I'm talking faster today? Okay. So I am. I'm going to keep it short so you guys, dads, can get out there and do your thing and whatever, whatever. So we pick up the story. Paul's still on trial. He's been there a couple years. And uh, there's every charge against him is empty they cannot prove anything it's just lies made up stuff you know it fits in with today's narrative but um, we're going to look at that and now we find that Paul's going to stand not just before a guy named Festus who's the Roman governor but of the area but he's now Agrippa's come to town and Festus wants Agrippa to hear Paul's case so we're going to talk about Desi you're going to see how I'm going to try to apply this so I'm going to give you the what when I read the text then I'm going to give the application, okay? So let me do the intro, then I'm going to come down and walk around here so when I preach, I just spit all over the front. No, I'm just joking. I don't do this. It's Father's Day. I do what I want, right? Amen. So, amen. I heard that one out there. Okay, so um, let's go to Acts 26. I'm going to read 8 through 15 to give you kind of the little working intro again of what's going on here as we progress through this book of Acts, picking out themes. So verse 8. Why is it, Pierce Paul speaking, why is it considered incredible among you people if God does raise the dead? He's saying, why do you think this is so crazy that God could actually raise a person from the dead? So then, I thought to myself that I had to do many things hostile to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So he's, now he's taking you back in time. He's given his testimony to Agrippa of what he was like 
before he encountered the resurrected Jesus. This man is a scholar. This man is brilliant. Read the New Testament letter of Romans. You see how brilliant he is. He's no slouch. Now, watch what he used to be like. And this is just what I did in Jerusalem. Not only did I lock up many of the saints in prisons, saints are the Christians, having received authority from the chief priests, but also when they were being put to death, I cast my vote against them. So he's like one of these main ringleaders, hunt down Christians, drag them out, take them, convict them, and murder them. This is what he used to do. And he's telling the story, do Agrippa and Festus. And as I punished them, often in all the synagogues, I tried to force them to blaspheme. Can you imagine? And being furiously enraged at them, I kept pursuing them even to foreign cities. While so engaged as I was journeying to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, here now he's going to tell his conversion story. I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining all around me. And those who were journeying with me, and when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Meaning, these pointy things, meaning, why are you fighting? It's hard to fight against God. Has anyone come to that realization? Don't, don't try fighting against him. Verse 15, it says, And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting me. Now, here we go. So now we have Paul, and Paul, I'm going to come down there now, guys. And we have Paul, and Paul has stated that, um, why do you find it so difficult that, uh, that a man could rise from the dead? And if you come to New Beginnings, you know we've gone through so much of this and proving that science points now to the existence of a creator, a God, something like, they, they won't say God, but something like that created this whole thing. We know all that. And why is it that some people think it's, you know, they believe that, you know, we all evolved from a single organism climbing out of the water, but find it hard to believe that a single man could rise from the dead and crawl out of a tomb. Amen to that one? You can believe the one, but you can't believe the other. And then Paul starts talking about how his old manner of life, what he used to be like. And this guy was a hater and a murderer of Christians. It's a, it's a historical fact. And then he tells about how he comes to Christ, that, this, that Jesus appears to him, and it changes his whole life. And so now, and then Paul, of course, now is telling this as he's on trial, because he's been arrested. And so what we're going to do now is I'm going to pick up the rest of the story. I'm going to give you two points. Remember, I'm going to give you the what after I read the text, and then I'm going to give you the application on the way I believe the Spirit of God brought it out to me to speak to dads, to honor dads this morning, and then give you a little bit of a challenge, and et cetera, et cetera. Amen to that one? As we talk about the goats, the greatest of all time. Amen? Now, here we go. Number one in your notes, and that's this. Dads die to self. Dads die to self. Now, one of the things I like to do on Father's Day is I like to give insight into the life of a father. But here we go. Let me read the text first, verses 16, 17, 18. And it says... Paul continues. He's telling the story of what happened. But get up and stand on your feet. 
For this purpose I have appeared to you. This is Jesus, what he said, Jesus said to him. To appoint you a minister. Say minister. And a witness not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things in which I will appear to you. 17. Rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles, to whom I am sending you. That's a shocker there because he's Jewish. Verse 18. To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith. Okay. Now, Paul, he's telling Agrippa and Festus what happened. And then once Jesus speaks to him, that Jesus tells him, here's what's going to happen in your life now. You're no longer going to be this guy that hunts down Christians and murders Christians. Now you're going to be a minister. This is your new life now. And by the way, every person who claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ is called to minister. Any amens to that one? Every one of us. Don't say, well, not me. Yes, you too. Because you're a follower of Christ. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives within you. And the life that you now live, you live by faith in the Son of God who loves you and gave himself up for you. Any amens to that one? So we don't own ourselves anymore. Jesus owns us. He takes over our life. We follow him. Now, so he says, you're going to be now a minister. That's very fascinating. The Greek word that Paul uses literally means under rower. Now, under rower, you and I, we don't know basically what that is in a sense in 2023. But if you've watched old movies from the era of time, or you know some history, you know that an under rower are those guys in the hull of a ship in that time frame. You ever seen the old movies where all the oars are sticking out the side of the ship and the guys are down below in the hull? There's lines, remember that? And they're just rowing away and rowing away. They're down there in the hull. They're not on deck. And so he says, I'm that. I'm an under rower. In other words, I have gone from the top dog hunting down Christians, going after them, murdering them. I was a shot caller, and now I've been called into the hole, unseen, unsung hero. Nobody notices me. Nobody really cares how I feel. I just got to keep rolling away. And my job as I keep rolling away is important enough because. It's my manpower and the manpower of other under rowers to make sure the ship keeps moving to get to port, survives a storm, or in battle has maneuver ability against other ships so that everyone survives. Does that make sense? Does it make clear sense though? Yeah. Now, okay. So now think of what, has, what he has just spoken and what he has said. He said, I've gone from up here to down here. I am now this unsung hero that nobody notices, that nobody really cares, and I'm just called to row away and row away and row away to make sure this ship gets to where it needs to get to. Now, I thought about that. And as I thought about this whole thing, I thought, that's a dad. That's a father. Your father, the greatest of all time, 
He traded it all in. He used to be the top dog. Let me give you insight into a dad. And I like to say these basic same things every year on Father's Day. So if you heard me say that before, just pretend like you never heard it and go, ha ha, okay, just do that for me, okay? Because I am a father. I've been a dad for 40 years. I mean for 10 years. What am I thinking? <laughs> but your dad, let, let me talk to you about your dad who traded everything in. Your dad, when you were little, and you were in the crib, and if you lived in Southern California, your dad, you won't know this, you won't remember this unless somebody tells you, and one of those earthquakes hit in the middle of the night, how many knows what those are like, right? Your dad jumped up out of bed. He ran to your room, leaving your mother there to die. <laughs> That's bad, that's bad, bad Jim, that's bad Jim. But he went to get you and pick you up and corral you and there was a couple of you, he had both of you, three of you, he had three and he's getting somewhere to protect you from the earthquake because all that mattered in his mind was you because you couldn't protect yourself and you know it was his job as an under rower to go get you. That's your dad, guys. That's your dad. Let me tell you about your dad. Some of your dads, not all of your dads, this next one, they went to a job. They were rowing away. Question, do you think the under rower down there enjoyed that job? Do you think this is what they thought? I can't wait till I'm an under rower all my life. No, but some of your dads went to a job that they never really enjoyed. They never got a complete satisfaction of, out of, but they did it, and they did it maybe for decades for you because they love you because they knew that you needed food, shelter, a bed, clothing. They knew you needed that, and so they did that, and they would do it again for your sake to make sure that you're okay. Any amens on that one right there? That's your dad right there, guys. This is the unsung hero that nobody notices, and they don't want accolades whatsoever. But your dad will do that. Let me tell you about your dad. Your dad used to be cool. And you say, no, not my dad. No, he really was a cool dude. Any amens, dads? You had a great chance right there. You really blew it, man. No, Your dad used to be a cool, cool dude. Your dad used to buy his own clothes. He used to pick out his own clothes. No, no, no. That yeah, he really, really did, okay? But now you know your dad, he's gone from cool, and now his clothes, see, see, cool clothes, clothes are picked out by mom, right? And then it goes from cool clothes picked up by mom, and she picks them out at Costco, third C, amen? amen. <laughs> okay, cool clothes, Costco. You got that so far? And so that's where he wears, he gets his clothes from, and he's okay with that because what's his motto? His motto is spend it on the kids. I don't, now you understand why your dad wears holy t-shirts and, you know, unmentionables. We won't talk about that right there. How many of you had a dad, I'm just curious, walked around the house in his underwear and had no, it was not a shame. I don't even want to look anymore, okay? No, so, but, but he would do that just for you. Now here's one of my favorites, your dad. Your dad, he vowed when he was young 
because he had a cool car. My day was a muscle car. But your dad vowed when he was young. He would never, ever, 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 ever drive a certain vehicle. <laughs> and one day, he had to surrender, and that vehicle is a? Minivan. Yeah, I know you call them SUVs now. It's a minivan, basically. You know, trying to sound real cool like you're here. I remember when I made the transition. I remember when I got married, I had a 63 Corvette. And then one day I found myself driving, this is way back when, a 94 Chevy Astro Van Burgundy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm cool now, huh? Olivia, can you go get me a shirt from Costco? Oh, it's over, you know. <laughs> but now I laugh. I laugh because I'm older now, and my older son, who's got his third kid coming any second, now he has purchased a minivan. <laughs> yes. So I, now because I don't have any bills, I pull up next to him in my Dodge Ram big truck, okay? <laughs> because I'm cool again, and he's a minivan driver. Oh, yeah, all coolness out the door. And I love it. Let me tell you, and we could go on and on about that, but here's the thing about your dads. They sacrifice. They die to themselves. They don't even need a thank you hardly ever. All they want is food at the end of the day. Amen, guys? Just give me food. I don't care. Just, you know, you know no, no, they don't eat like that, okay. But that, that's a dad. And that's why they're the greatest of all time, because they traded it all in, everything, to be able to support you, to be able to be your dad, to know that you're going to be okay. That is a dad. And I think at the end of it all, you should just do like Jack Nicholson said in the movie, A Few Good Men. I just would like you to say thank you, and that's it, you know. Tell your dad thank you. Amen to that one? Now, okay, now I'm going to drill down further. That was the funny part. That was the fun part. Don't get scared. It's okay. The second thing is this. Dad's impact. Now, I have a question. Leave it up there. Because I got asked people that are maybe English teachers or something like that, should I have put an apostrophe S on that? Nobody here knows. Okay. Yes? How many say yes? How many say no? Because I don't know. I really don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. We'll do, okay, I should have never said that because now some of you go, I got to look it up. I got to Google that because I live in the Google world. You know. Yeah, we, we got you on the Google thing, okay. Now, Dad's impact. Now, let's read the verses. Now, here's the funny part because they just flashed at the bottom of the screen. I see it says, it's right, it's right, it's right, meaning it's right to have an apostrophe. You guys, can I just run the service, okay, you guys on the avery? <laughs> It's Father's Day, okay? Okay, I'm joking. So here we go. Now watch this. This is one of my favorite little interactions at the very end of this in the book of Acts. I just like this. It says, so King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision. In other words, Jesus told me this. That's what I'm doing. That's what I've done. I'm not going to be disobedient to the heavenly vision. But kept declaring both to those of Damascus first and also at Jerusalem, and then throughout all the region of Judea, even to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God. 
Perform, oh, you guys took it away from me. I didn't finish. Performing deeds appropriate to repentance. Next. For this, re- for this reason, some Jews seized me in the temple and tried to put me to death. They grabbed me because I'm preaching the gospel, tried to kill me. So, having obtained help from God, I stand to this day testifying both to small and great, stating nothing but what the prophets and Moses said was going to take place. That the Christ was to suffer and that by reason of his resurrection from the dead, that's our faith is built on that, he would be the first to proclaim light both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. While Paul was saying this in his defense, Festus, he injects because Agrippa's listening, he was the one, Festus said in a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you mad. I love that. You're a crazy man, Paul. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I utter words of sober truth. Oh, man. Paul says, resurrection. He says, you're out of your mind. You are crazy. How could you even think these things? I want you to think about this. He says Paul is out of his mind because he believes in the resurrection Jesus appeared to him. And there's plenty of eyewitnesses to that in that historical period. But wait a minute. Festus is the one that injected, but Festus is Roman. He's been in Rome many times. Festus has been to the Colosseum. Festus has seen people killed in the Colosseum just for his personal entertainment. But that's not crazy, right? Wait a minute. Festus just heard Paul say that Paul used to hunt Christians down, pull them from their homes, and murder them to stomp out Christianity. But that's not crazy, right? All those things are absolutely insane, but it's not until Paul says resurrection that Festus says, you are out of your mind. Doesn't that strike anybody kind of funny? Isn't it weird how the culture will look at our Christianity and look at our beliefs and they say, that's insane. That's crazy. But you look at all their beliefs, you know, all the upside down ones, all the insane ones that they're putting forth more of the time, but they think that's as sane as it gets. And it's not sane, is it? It's insane, but they say that we are insane. Now, I want you to hold the thought of sane and insane. Keep that in your mind, because I'm going to connect it to dads have impact. This is where I want to drill down. It's Father's Day. So because it's Father's Day, I have to use a movie illustration. Because I'm a movie guy. It's just, it's part of my spiritual makeup. And I was thinking about this to try to apply it, and I want to take us back to the 80s. I gave you almost 40 years to watch this movie, guys. 
There's already a second one that came out on this recently. I'm going to take you back to Top Gun, okay? Okay. There's near the end of the movie, the first one way back in the 80s. Do you remember they're on the, on the ship, the big aircraft carrier in the Indian Ocean, somewhere out there? And they're going to fight against the Russian MiGs. And they pick ICE, Val Kilmer, and Maverick, um, Tom Cruise. They're going to lead the two ship the two tomcats to go fight out there and Val Kilmer I says to the admiral he says he says all due respect but Maverick and he says I know what you're saying you're going no matter what and the reason why he's complaining about Maverick is because Maverick will not engage remember that Maverick had something happen in top gun school where he lost his buddy Goose. And since that moment, as the school continued, he could not engage. He just could not engage. He, he just would start to freak out, and he'd pull away, and he'd leave the person hanging. And that's what Ice is scared of. He's going to leave me hanging out there with these MiGs. And they get out there. And lo and behold, here come the MiGs. There's not two. There's not four. I think there's six. There might have been eight, but I think there's six. And there they go, and ice is engaging, and Maverick has to say on his wing, he's his wingman, in case so no MiG comes behind ice. And all of a sudden, as Maverick is there, Maverick, what does he do? He disengages. He pulls away. And he leaves ice there. And ice is all by himself. And all these MiGs, and he's just trying to fly ever to get away. And when, when Maverick pulls away, Val Kimmer, he says, I knew it. I knew it. And there goes Tom Cruise, Maverick. He's flying away. And he leaves, he leaves Val Kilmer right there because he disengages. Now, he disengages because something traumatic happened to him previously. And I have found in all the years I've counseled, people have certain dysfunctions they repeat because of something traumatic in their life previously. Now, in this case, he disengaged. Because previously, he was freaked out, and then he led to disengaging. So now he's leading a life of disengaging. Okay. Listen closely. Dad's impact, sane versus insane. Maverick disengages. It's Father's Day. I think the biggest problem in America is fathers disengaging. I know the stats. I read the stats. In America, here's how fathers are disengaged. 30%, and I'll just use the term, the color terms, white babies born without a dad in the home. 50% Latino babies, no dad in the home. 70% black babies, no dad in the home. That's insane. That's crazy. I don't talk about that. But go home and just Google the effects on children of fatherless homes. And you'll see that all the problems in America that they just keep throwing money at and say we're going to solve it and solve it that's all the problems it's all rooted there 
Because dads are not engaging. Because men, and I don't, I'll say it this way, little boys in grown-up bodies are going around having non-committal sex with women, getting them pregnant, and then they don't engage, and they just keep moving on. Maverick couldn't engage because he didn't engage before. From my experience talking to people, men are not engaging because once again, they came from a fatherless home, so there was no engaging, so they don't know how to engage. They disengage because all they saw was disengagement. Any amens? It's all they see. This is what drives me insane. That's why when I say you're the greatest of all time, because you stuck it out. You stayed there. You're the under rower in the ship. That took guts. That took effort. That took a lot of... I mean, what you don't know about your dad is your dad lived under pressure. You think those under rowers under there, you think they felt pressure in their life? That's all they felt. A life of a father is constant pressure. He's always facing pressure. All the time. But he engages. Can I tell you what drives me insane? Can I tell you another one? Because I feel like Paul, you're insane, Jim. I don't think so. In America, it's like, do you know that Asian Indians from India, Nigerians from Nigeria, they are some of the highest wage earners in America? Did you know that? That throws out your systematic racism right there, right? Let me tell you why they are the highest wage earners in America. Why the kids from those families become highly successful, high wage earners. You know why? Because in those, in those cultures, family is strong. Mom and dad are together. Education is way up here on the priority list. Discipline is very strong in those families. They have their own little culture within their ethnicity and it's a good culture and a strong culture and those kids grow up in that and they grow up to be very successful. Any amens? There's an engagement. The parents engage in this situation. Now, that tells me that dads have an impact. Do they not? They have an impact. And so, I... So here's this Maverick, Ice. So Ice, he's going to die. Maverick took off. He's going to die. And the guy behind Maverick, his, his co-pilot, is saying, get back in there, get back. And he's like, talk to me, Goose Talk. And he finally reengages. And he finally gets back in there. And it saves Ice's life. And that's what dads have to do. We got to engage. That, See, dads, here, something here, can I tell you another one just drives me insane? Is that okay? Is that okay, John? Can I say another one? Because sometimes I think I'm going insane in this culture. There are some pockets and some groups in our culture that they are now, if you really pay attention to what they're saying, they are undervaluing a father's role in the family. Have you noticed that? They just undervalue them. They devalue them. And if you really pay attention, they're really saying that you don't need the dad in the family. Are you nuts? That's insane, right? Remember saying insane? 
The world says we're insane, but in reality, they're insane. Are you kidding me? And, and then it drives me even more crazy. You know, TV shows and movies, they just drive me nuts sometimes. When they just devalue dad, devalue men, make men into bumbling fools, I just, I will turn it off. I can't take it. I, oh, it just drives me nuts. Any amens? Uh-uh. No, I don't stand. I don't like that. Because the father figure in that home is just as important as the mother figure in that home. You see, we're not crazy. When God says, when Jesus said in the beginning, he made the male and female, there was a mom and a dad. When it says, honor your father and your mother, there's a mom and a dad. This is what God is insinuating is best for a family. Because if there's no dad in the home and mom's left just to raise the kids, there's nobody there to make sure the kid does the homework, right? There's nobody there to make sure the kid comes in at a normal time, right? There's no one there to really give out the discipline, right? You need the, these roles. That's why in my mind, dads, you're the greatest of all time because you engaged. You stayed in that family. You did the right thing. It wasn't easy. You're rowing and you're rowing and you're rowing. Sometimes it seems like to nowhere, but you row away and you carry the pressure. That's why I think the dads are the greatest of all time. Now, I'm out of time. So I'm going to leave you with a goat story, okay? It's actually a Bible goat story. So I'm staying biblical, all right? In Leviticus chapter 16, it's the Day of Atonement chapter. When they've got to shed the blood of an animal, sprinkle it on the Ark of the Covenant to cover sins for one year, they pick two goats. They get two goats. They draw lots for these two goats. One goat is picked and he will be sacrificed and the blood of that goat will be taken by the high priest. He will walk into the holiest of holies and sprinkle the blood on top of the Ark of the Covenant called the mercy seat. And the sins of the people of Israel will be forgiven. The high priest comes out and says, forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. And so the sins are covered for one year. Great picture of that is when Adam and Eve sinned. Notice they were covered with animal skins. That means God sacrificed an animal. Did you ever catch that? But there's a second goat. This goat, the priest comes out, and he puts his hands over the goat, and he confesses all the sins of the nation over that goat. It's called the scapegoat. We use that term all the time. It's from the Bible, actually. That's where it came from. He confesses the sins over the goat, and they send the goat into the desert. Bye, you're gone. And he carries the sins of the people away. It's a beautiful picture of what Jesus Christ did. He was sacrificed for our sins. And he also carried all of our sins away. They're gone, washed away. But it's also a great picture of the greatest of all time of dads. Your dad. He traded in his cool card and became the sacrifice. Sacrificed his life for you. And he would do it again and again and again and again. Some of you who are older like me and your grandfathers now, you know, as I know, you still worry about your kids, right? 
It never goes away. It never goes away. But you live life as a sacrifice. But not just that. You're also the other goat. You carried it all on your shoulders. The pain, the stress, things that broke in the house, everything that had to be done when your kids were going through really rough, rough times in middle school or high school or when they go through this, you carried it and you carried it and you carried it and you carried it. Besides being a sacrifice, you sacrificed your life. And that's why, in my mind, when God put in my heart that the name of this message would be GOAT. G-O-A-T. Because dads, you stayed engaged and you are the greatest of all time. Del Campo out. Let's pray. Stand up with me because I just got to get you out of here because, you know, I'm under orders and... Do you have any prayer needs to my left or right? There's some really cool people over there that, that will pray for you. If you have a physical offering, drop it in the cards there. If you never got a cup, go pick one up at the Connect Center outside and fill your cup up with lemonade or whatever the other drink was and stuff like that. But let me just pray a blessing over dads, okay? Father, thank you for fathers. Thank you that they engage. They are the wingmen. Thank you for their sacrifice. Thank you for everything they carried as under rowers. Thank you for them, God. I pray today is a great day for them and a blessing. I pray that you would resolve issues in their life that have bothered them for so long. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you when we see you. Oh, 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 oh. Wow, I'm so sorry. Man, okay, here we go. Lord, keep me outward focused and fill me with your spirit. Give me the boldness to share the gospel with others. Open up opportunities to minister outside the church because I see what I'm looking for and make me into a generous person like you. God bless you now. Okay. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCC Norco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe with this podcast.